sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44...
Lots of folks back east, they say Hell out every day Hit in the hot old dusty way To the California line Across that desert sand they go They're getting out of that old dust bowl They think they're going to a sugar bowl But here is what they find Oh, the police at the port of entry say You're number 14,000 for today hey. Well, if you ain't got the do-rig me, boy If you ain't got the do-rig me Better go on back to beautiful Texas Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee California is the garden of Eden A paradise to live in or see But believe it or not You won't find it so hard If you ain't got the door in So far, that won't do nobody harm Take your vacation by the mountains of the sea Don't swap that old car for a car Better stay right where you are You had better take this tip from me Cause I read it in the want hands every day And the headlines on the papers always say Believe it or not, you won't find it so hard if you ain't got the tools in me.
Good morning, mutineers. This is the Labor and Love Show. Hope you had a good week, good work. Looking forward to a good Saturday. This is the Labor and Love Show where we tell you how it is. Broadcasting to you from 2781 21st Street. That's Mutiny Radio, formerly Mutiny Radio Cafe, huh? No longer a cafe, but now a vibrant, happening community arts center in the very heart of the Mission District, where such things should be. And every Saturday morning from 10 to 12, it's the Mutiny Radio presentation of Labor and Love Radio with your host, that's me, Bill Morgan, a.k.a. The Bee. This is the show where we tell you how it is. By, for, and about working people. All about labor, all about unions. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. And when I say labor, I mean you. Okay, first of all, we want to dedicate the show, as always, to the five or 6,000 working people who will die today because of work-related accidents or effects. In the United States, that number is 250. That's our community, working people, dying because of work-related causes. Uh, I'm not sure how many millionaires die of work-related causes, will die today, or how many billionaires, but I'll bet it's nowhere near 250, nowhere near 6,000 worldwide. Okay, we opened up with our three-song set, and uh, Buffy St. Marie with... The loving kind, don't tell me you're not the loving kind. So my question is, are you the labor and loving kind? That's kind of our featured song this week, this month. Buffy St. Marie, off her recent album, like recent 2015, Power in the Blood. Don't tell me you're not the, don't remind me you're not the loving kind. For that Bob Dylan singing uh, Woody Guthrie's Do Re Mi, you can go back to beautiful Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Tennessee, if you don't got the Do Re Mi. Those are the days when Los Angeles police used to go out to the border of California with 
neighboring states and intercept people coming from the Dust Bowl, coming to California, and turn them back and say, no, we don't have room for you. Big stormtroop booted Los Angeles police keeping people out of California. And before that, thanks to Sylvia Sharon Jones' version of This Land is Your Land, This Land is My Land, Woody Guthrie classic. Well, what do we got for you today? Um, labor news, opinion, history, commentary, by, for, and about working people. Let's start out. Ron Jones, who I already played. Today in labor history, eighteen twenty-one, Uriah Smith Stevens. We got the Wheatland quote unquote riots. We've got a special labor troubadour, Florence Reese. Talk a little about her. What are the Trumpistas trying to do with Scabby the Rat? Scabby the Rat, a symbol of the scab. Already had Sharon Jones. A couple of hits from the Woody Fest held uh, last month in Oklahoma. Last week, I believe, in Oklahoma. Homage to uh, Woody Guthrie. Duran Jones and the Indications. Morning in America. We'll hear that. We'll hear Albatross by Peter Green, by the Peter Green version of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Who is Kendrick Jones, huh? Kendrick Lamar. We're going to hear some of the great political protest songs from 2010. Radio Labor, they're on hiatus this week till September, actually. What about gym and fitness employees? Kind of a new industry that's grown up. Uh, ballooned. How about the people who do the work? Allen Ginsberg and the Clash. And as always, music of social significance. In Thailand, police lay down their weapons and join protesters to fight the power. A speech by Sarah Nelson, head of the... Uh, Hospitality workers, airline hospitality workers. Today in labor history. How about Joan Baez with Nasty Man? I think we'll play that one next. Democracy Now! Kentucky miners block coal train after being denied paychecks. Who were the Ludites? A Luddite, a name we sort of snicker at nowadays about people who are in an unrealistic way 
resisting resisting mechanization okay but before we do all that I would like to read our credos these are these are what we believe here on Labor and Love Radio And the first one has to do with a labor movement with Utah Phillips. And Utah writes or talks about child labor. We don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big mill towns of the Northeast. Why? Because we organized. We broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. Those were not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for, they were bled for, they were died for by working people, by people like us. Kids ought to know that. And Utah finishes with, that's why I sing these songs, that's why I tell these stories. Damn it, no root, no fruit. Okay. This one is about a woman's right to control her own body and the laws against it. This is from We Resist. When the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. So think about that. A woman gets raped Okay, and her rapist may or not ever be charged. Something like 8-10% of rapists ever go to jail. Ever have their cases tried. But if the woman gets pregnant as a result of the rape, decides she doesn't want her baby, She's penalized. Some states, they want to try her for murder. Some states, they want to put her in jail for seeking an abortion. When the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Okay. What about the immigrant situation? Mr. Trump has made a problem here where there needn't be one. Can I tell you a secret? This is from Jesse Memmer. I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in this country. Without Social Security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. 
a vast majority, the overwhelming majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This whole wall, the the illegals bullshit is just one of the 1% convincing the working people to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Hello? Blaming other working people for the fact that you're poor, that we're all poor? Instead of realizing the reason they are all poor is due to vast income inequality and resource price inflation in the combination with wage wage stagnation. <laughs> the existence of another working poor person is not why you are poor. It's because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. Jesse Mimmer, beautiful, condensed. The reason for this big, one of the effects of Mr. Trump's big push, invention of the border problem is to divide working people. What if working people all woke up one day and realized that they're being ripped off under capitalism? What if they all realized that they were all working people despite all their other differences and organized and took over dictatorship of the proletariat, the most populous class running things instead of the most richest class. And, you know, everywhere you go, you run into people who, just, who say this. Oh, come on. I'm just not in that into politics. I don't know. I don't realize. What's he doing anyway? Democratic Socialists of Los Angeles. So you're just not that into politics. Well... Your boss is, your landlord is, your insurance company is, and every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, to raise your rent and deny you coverage. It's time to get into politics. Thank you, Democratic Socialists of Los Angeles. Those are our credos here at Labor and Love, as well as the little motto we run down to you. Let's see. Here's Allen Ginsberg in The Clash. Ginsberg, the rock singer. Yeah, we have something, uh, something never before seen and never likely to again either. May I welcome President, President Ginsburg. Come on, Ginsburg.
I don't like the government where I live. I don't like dictatorship of the rich. I don't like bureaucrats telling me what to eat. I don't like police dogs sniffing around my feet. I don't like communist censorship of my books. I don't like Marxists complaining about my looks. I don't like Castro insulting members of my sex. Leftists insisting we got the holy fix. I don't like capitalists selling me gasoline, coke. Multinationals burning Amazon trees to smoke. Big corporation take over media mind. I don't like the tough bananas that are robbing Guatemala banks blind. I don't like KGB Gulag concentration camps. I don't like the Maoist Cambodian death Fifteen million were killed by Stalin, Secretary of Terror. He has killed our old red revolution forever. I don't like anarchists screaming, love is free. I don't like the CIA, they killed John Kennedy. Paranoid tanks sit in Prague and Hungary. But I don't like counter-revolution paid for by the CIA. in Turkey or Korea 
law and order Harris hired soldiers did the job Flower power's fine But innocence has got no protection The man who shot John Lennon Had a hero worshipper's connection The moral of the song is that the world is in a horrible place Scientific industry devours the human race Police in every country armed with tear gas and TV Secret masters everywhere, bureaucratize for you and me Aware, aware, wherever you are, no fear Trust your heart don't ride your paranoia, dear. Breathe together with an ordinary mind. Armed with humor, need and help enlighten.
I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same. Abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. Lucifer was all around me. So I kept running until I found my safe haven. I was trying to convince myself the stripes I got, making myself realize what my foundation was. In the room, and I While my loved ones was fighting a continuous war back in the city, I was entering a new one. A war that was based on apartheid and discrimination. Ayo, hey, my mama, nigga. R.I.P. Pat Dog. I'ma be the greatest to ever do this shit. On oh, my mama, don't like. On the dead homies. Hey, Sideway, turn this shit up, nigga. Turn this shit up. Sideway, turn this shit up, nigga. Tell me who the bitch nigga hating on me Jumping on my dick but this dick ain't free To rip a butterfly another classic CD Get a lullaby for everyone they MC Nigga not R.I.P. My diligence is only meant to write your eulogy When I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the bass down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone crazy. Inside my face is all day Won't you please believe when I say When you know we've been hurt, been down before Nigga, 
When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate Popo, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. Motherfucker, you can live with them all. I can see the evil, I can tell it. I know it's illegal, I don't think about it. I deposit every other zero, thinking of my partner. Put the candy, painting on a Rico, digging in my pocket. And a profit big enough to feed you every day. My logic, get another dollar just to keep you in the presence of your Chico. Ah! I don't talk about it, be about it. Every day I sequel. If I got it, then you know you got it. Heaven, I can reach you. Pet up, pet up, pet up, my dog, that's all. Pick back and chat, I trapped the back for y'all. I rap, I black on tracks, so arrest the show. My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God. When you know, we've been When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate Popo, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers. Okay, that was uh, Kendrick Lamar. A little more about him in a minute. We had, uh, before that, we had Kendrick Lamar and his song, All Right, kind of a guarded optimism about the future of, of him and his people. Um, before that, we had Duran Jones, Morning in America, singing about the city that Trump has trashed, Baltimore. Mr. Trump needs to understand la pobreza, la pobreza, la pobreza. People are being kept poor and busted down to the street life, violent life, by poverty. By poverty. By police brutality that keeps poverty in place 
Baltimore was a city where the cops put people in the back of the van, handcuffed, no chair, and ride around the city stopping and starting. So the people in the back are thrown against the wall. Guy died because of that, but four Baltimore policemen were exonerated. A common occurrence. Duran Jones, Morning in America. And before that, we had the great Allen Ginsberg singing with none other than The Clash. Capital Air, his protest song about everything he doesn't like. Okay, this is the B. I want to talk a little about Kenrick Lamar. Um, he was born in Compton, California on June 17, 1987. That makes him in his early 30s right now. Son of a couple from Chicago, Illinois. His father, Kenny Duckworth, was a member of the street gang Gangster Disciples. His first name was given to him by his mother in honor of American singer-songwriter Eddie Kendricks of The Temptations. In 1995, at the age of eight, in his hometown of Compton, Lamar witnessed his idols, Tupac Shakur and Dr. Dre, film the music video for their hit single, California Love, which proved to be a very significant moment in his life. He himself grew up on welfare and in Section 8 housing. As a child, he attended McNair Elementary and the Vanguard Learning Center. As a teenager, he went on to attend Centennial High School in Compton, where he was a straight-A student. Okay, Kendrick Lamar is the forefront of a revival of socially conscious hip-hop. His 2015 masterpiece, To Pimp a Butterfly, has a number of songs that merit consideration for a list of hip-hop protest songs. The assurance of we all we're going to be all right provides positive affirmation, sort of like Sam Cooke's a chain, change is going to come. So while those lyrics, those optimistic lyrics are playing, Kendrick is being shot by an L.A. policeman. So this is the Labor and Love Show. I want to bring something from Radio Labor, although the main Radio Labor um, weekly newscast is uh, not available. We do have available unions fight back as democracy decreases. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. Hello, I'm Mark Boulanger. 
Every year, the International Trade Union Confederation releases a report on the state of workers' rights in the world. The ITC is the body which represents national labor centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress at the world level. This year, the ITC's Global Rights Index focused on the crisis in democracy. I talked to Magbule Sahan about the index. Ms. Sahan is the director of the ITUC's legal unit. I asked her if the situation for workers since the release of the last index in 2018 has improved or deteriorated. The situation has significantly worsened for workers. The very foundations of workplace democracy are now under attack in many countries. Some of the aspects that stand out in this year's index concerns the exclusion of workers from fundamental rights. In 2018, 92 countries did not allow for some certain types of workers to join unions. In 2019, this year, it is 107 countries. Most of the time, the groups of workers that are excluded from organizing are workers who are already in vulnerable situations, such as, for example, precarious workers or informal workers, but also migrants who are actually facing more repercussions because of that. We also see that there is a clear backlash against trade unions for fronting the struggle to claim democracy and freedom in societies. The number of countries where workers are arrested and detained increased from 59 last year to 64 this year. And we also see that the violence that's been perpetrated against workers has reached extreme levels. In countries such as Cameroon and Eswatini, the security forces have fired live ammunition at protesting workers. It's the type of violence that we haven't seen in a long time that's now being perpetrated. What are some of the conclusions of the 2019 Global Index? I think it's, again, the excessive violence against workers who are defending democracies that spread to more and more countries. And we see that in most cases, workers have not had access to justice when their rights have been violated. Companies, public officials, and also security forces have gotten away with violating workers' rights in 72% of countries that we have reviewed which effectively means that there is a situation of impunity with no respect for the rule of law when the rights of workers are under attack. And for us, the situation is even worse. When we look at the constraints on freedom of assembly and freedom of speech, we see that in 54 countries, that's a third of countries, uh, governments have interfered with these fundamental rights, which again shows a shift towards authoritarianism uh, at the global level. And this is manifested in the large-scale arrests of workers and trade unionists in countries like Turkey and India. And just today I talked to Felix Anthony, the General Secretary of the Fiji Trade Unions, who was arrested twice in the past couple of weeks and is facing criminal charges. So these are some of the typical trends that we're seeing globally now. The index reports on the top 10 countries which are abusing labor union rights. What are some of those countries and what are they doing? The Global Rights Index ranks the 10 worst countries each year. And this year, the countries that have joined this list are Brazil and Zimbabwe. In Brazil, we see a diminishment of workers' rights at an almost unprecedented speed. The country has adopted extremely regressive legislation that undermines collective bargaining. It has resulted in a decline of collective bargaining of 45% in just one year. 
and at the same time, strikes and protests are repressed with violence perpetrated by the security forces. The other country that has been included in this list is Zimbabwe, where the story is a bit different. Of course, we, we knew that the country, there has always been issues in terms of respect for workers' rights. But after the fall of Mugabe last year, we had hopes that there would be a change for workers. But it didn't take long for Zimbabwe to fall back into the same patterns of violence that we've seen in the past. Protests organized this year against price hikes were crushed violently by police. Twelve workers have been killed, 70 have sustained gunshot wounds, and in total 320 persons were injured. And the trade union leaders continue to face criminal charges that, that basically hang over their heads and limit their ability to mobilize and organize activities for workers. Now, we mentioned before um, gym and fitness employees, kind of a, a burgeoning industry that kind of exploded over the last few years. What about the people who work at those places? Employees in Canada are working in unhealthy jobs with low pay, no sick leave, and in... Started over... This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. Hello, I'm Mark Belanger. Fitness and gym employees in Canada are working in unhealthy jobs with low pay, no sick leave, and insecure work. Those are some of the conclusions of a survey conducted by Brock University in St. Catharines, Ontario. The survey was conducted by Larry Savage and Curtis Morrison. I talked to Mr. Savage about the survey and asked him to describe the workers involved. Well, we study gym and fitness club workers in Ontario, Canada, we didn't focus on independent contractors, but rather on direct employees. So this included personal trainers, group fitness instructors, customer service representatives, and, and even supervisors. Most of these workers are employed at Good Life Fitness, which is by far the largest gym chain in Canada. And it's actually the fourth largest gym chain in the world. There are over 400 Good Life locations across Canada and one out of every 25 Canadians is a member. So we're talking about a good chunk of workers here. What are some of the problems experienced by these workers you studied? We had a survey of gym and fitness club workers in Ontario, and those workers raised a number of concerns. But unpaid work and unpaid sick days really seemed to be the two issues that really stood out. Unpaid work, you know, that is a problem in so far as workers would report that their employers would only pay them for the actual time they spent working with clients. And so that meant they were not being paid for things like class preparation, music and choreography selection, the logging of work hours, setting up and taking down equipment, the scheduling of clients, communication with members, or uh, what's very normal for personal trainers in the industry is what we call prospecting or client recruitment. The trainers would be expected to recruit their own clients 
during work time but not get paid for it. These trainers would also not get paid for putting together fitness programs. It was a problem across all sorts of gyms that was reported very widely in the survey results. The other issue of unpaid sick days was very important because in the province of Ontario, there was uh, provincial labor law reforms that extended two paid sick days to all workers in Ontario, and that was repealed last fall by the Ford Conservative government. We heard from surveyed respondents now that over half of them lost those two paid sick days, and, and as a result, working while sick or injured in this industry is not uncommon. Instead, it becomes a bit of an economic imperative for lots of people. The repeal of sick days negatively impacts the health and well-being of workers in gyms and fitness clubs. That's obvious, but it also exposes clients and other workers to greater risk of viruses if gyms and fitness clubs workers decide to come into work sick in order to avoid lots of pay. And so some gyms and health clubs do continue to offer paid sick days, but the majority of workers are saying that they're not receiving uh, those benefits anymore. What kind of health and safety issues do these workers face? There are lots of health and safety issues in the gym and fitness club industry. And in fact, the physical nature of gym and fitness club work makes workers, I think, more prone to workplace injuries. But the interesting thing about gyms and fitness clubs in Ontario is that they're considered excluded from workplace safety and insurance board coverage. That leaves workers particularly vulnerable in cases of serious accident or injury. The survey data we gathered suggests that in many cases, this lack of coverage makes gym and fitness club workers unwilling to even disclose workplace injuries in the first place out of fear of reprisal or because of a sense that doing so would be pointless. That, to me, points to a major problem facing workers in this industry who are very vulnerable to workplace injury. These fitness and gym workers you have been describing, are they generally satisfied with their jobs? Well, the survey findings in this regard were interesting because they reveal that gym workers' overall level of job satisfaction is really tied to a sense of accomplishment when they see other benefits, or rather when they see others benefit uh, from their efforts. But gym and fitness club workers are generally dissatisfied when it comes to wages, when it comes to benefit entitlements, and they point to these kinds of issues as a major source of turnover in the industry. There's also a major problem with favoritism in the gym and fitness club industry. Lots of respondents claim that managers always played favorite. So one person in particular, I remember writing in the qualitative comments that at their gym, it wasn't about what you know, but rather who you know. And this, of course, this, this sense of favoritism generates feelings of unfairness, and that in turn, I think, leads to greater turnover and more tension in the workplace. You know, it was hardly a surprise to learn that gym workers felt far more respected by their clients and their co-workers than from their managers or their supervisors. 
So do you think these workers consider unionizing as a solution to the problems they face? Unionizing is an important um, consideration for gym and fitness club workers. And in fact, in 2016, personal trainers at about three dozen Good Life gyms in Toronto, Ajax, and Peterborough, Ontario, did take that leap. They made history, in fact, by organizing a union and securing a first contract. The fact that that unionization drive took place meant that we as researchers were able to compare some of the survey responses between union and non-union gym workers. And here's what we found. Unionized gym and fitness club workers reported much higher levels of job satisfaction. They reported greater access to paid sick days. They reported greater access to recourse if they were treated unfairly at work. Those were all uh, head and shoulders. The responses were different. It was interesting also to find that half of the non-managerial or non-unionized respondents thought their workplace would benefit from unionization, and that compared to about 23% who thought they wouldn't benefit from unionization and 28% who were unsure. Then we surveyed just the unionized trainers, and we found of that group, only 17% thought their union had not benefited the workplace, compared to 18% who were unsure and 65% who felt their union had provided a benefit. So I think that there is definitely an appetite for unionization in this industry, but I think there is an equally strong drive from employers in this industry to avoid unions at all costs. So it will be an uphill battle for these workers. That was um, World Labor Report. This week we talked about democracy, worldwide democracy, getting less and less, and the plight of gym and fitness employees, in this case in Ontario, but all that he was saying have application to gym and fitness workers workers here in the U.S. It's one of those industries that grew up really fast and uh, people kind of jumped into it. Now they're kind of looking around and saying, how can we make our job better? Here's Peter Green.
They say everything can be replaced. They say every distance is not near. Good news to you, I'll tell how the 
good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We're starting our good battle. We know we're sure to win because we've got the gun thugs looking very thin. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? If you go to Harlan County, there is no neutral there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Oh, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Don't scab for the bosses, don't listen to their lies. Us poor folks haven't got a chance unless we organize. Which side are you on? 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 All right, we had um, Which Side Are You On by the indomitable Florence Reese. Before that, Nina Simone, I Shall Be Released. And Albatross to kick off that set. Nice song to play maybe in the middle of the show so everybody can kind of relax and focus. Which Side Are You On was written and in that version uh, performed by Clarence Reese who was born April 12, 1900 and died in the 80s in 86. She was from Sharps Chapel, Tennessee, the daughter and wife of coal miners. According to folklorist Allen Ginsberg about this song, she wrote the song in 1931. And legend has it that she sat down while her home was being ransacked by 
company Suggs, she sat down and wrote this song on the back of a calendar. Which side are you on? Kind of mirrors the emotional impact of you got to serve somebody. Pete Seeger collected the song Which Side Are You On in 1940. The Almanac Singers, his group, played a version that gained a wide audience. And Billy Bragg, Dropkick Murphys, Natalie Merchant, Annie DeFranco, and many, many other people have recorded this song. Allen Ginsberg writes, Allen Lomax writes that she composed the song at the age of 12 when her father was out on strike. She sang it to me standing in front of a primitive hearth of a log cabin in the backwoods of Kentucky in 1937, and it has since become a National Union song. Reese appeared in the Academy Award-winning documentary film Harlan County, USA, singing her anthem to rally the striking miners. Florence and Sam Reese were married for 64 years until his death from ninoconiosis, black lung, the dreaded black lung. When Mr. Trump says that he wants to maintain the coal industry in the U.S., he's also saying that he wants to maintain black lung for the men and women who mine the coal. After a lifetime of speaking out on behalf of unions and social welfare issues, Florence Reese died of a heart attack in 1986, at the age of 86 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Speaking of the dirty scab, on Portside, says here, Trumpistas seek to deflate labor's friend. And it's a picture of a giant balloon of a rodent. Scabby, Scabby the rat. And here's what Jack London says about scabs. After God had finished the rattlesnakes, the toad, the vampire, he had made some awful substance left with which he made a scab. A scab is a two-legged animal with a corkscrew sole, a waterlogged brain, a combination backbone of jelly and glue. While others have hearts, he carries a tumor of rotten principles. When a scab comes down the street, men turn their backs and angels weep in heaven and the devil shuts the gates of hell to keep them out. It was from descriptions like these that Scabby the Rat took its name and form. In the early, day, in the early 1990s, Ken Lambert and Don Newton from District Council 1 of Illinois' Bricklayers Union, decided it was time to escalate one of their campaigns. They contracted with Big Z Balloons to design and promote, provide 
a pro-labor inflatable, which inspired unions across the country to inflate and deploy their own 25-foot-high rodents at pickets and boycotts. Big Sky has since expanded to offer both fat cat and greedy pig inflatable options. Now, the Trump appointees of the NLRB are trying yet again to exterminate Scabby once and for all. They hired a 41-page motion filed last week that argues that the use of Scabby the rat is confrontational conduct that is tantamount to secondary picketing. In other words, picketing that where you tell people not to deal with uh, the company or companies uh, that are handling the business that you're picketing. This means the board is trying to frame the use of scabby as disruptive to neutral parties or workers and businesses who contract with the same employer as those picketing goes to make the peculiar claim that Scabby crossed the line from legitimate communication to unlawful coercion. So I guess they're saying the balloon of Scabby the Rat is going to come down and beat people up if they don't join the union. As if the balloon could somehow attack employers. The case which a general counsel is contesting concerns a Fairfield Inn in Pennsylvania, which hired non-union electricians to complete renovations in the hotel. They want to compel members of the IBEW to sign an agreement pledging the early retirement of Scabby from future hotel protests. Scabby was stabbed in 2013 in Chicago by a disgruntled driver. So, follow Scabby the Rat on Portside. We'll see what happens to him. It's like the laws are so friendly to the anti-union interests in this company. They can even go after something like this. That's so trivial. It's not actually, it's not trivial at all, but in the scheme of things, it's kind of a humorous approach approach to picketing. Scabby the rat. Today in labor history, August 3rd. Utah Smith Stevens was born on this day in Cape May, New Jersey, 1821. A tailor by trade in 1869, he led nine Philadelphia garment workers to found the Knights of Labor, one of the more successful early unions. The next one is the Wheatland Riots, and this is one that that we chronicle on uh, Fred Glass's uh, History of California Labor Movement. In 1913, in burning heat in Wheatland, which is near Sacramento. 
a man named Durst sent out the word that he needed farm workers. And what you would do, would you, yeah, you would put that on the farm workers through their own grapevine would show up to work. Well, he, he said that he had work for 3,000 farm workers. And in reality, there was only uh, employment for 1,000. Durst reckoned that that was fine because, well, because it kept the market down. If there are two other workers waiting to take your place, you would be willing to take less money for a job. So Durst loved this because it kept the cost of labor low. The conditions were terrible. Um, Workers routinely contracted dysentery, malaria, and typhoid fever. There was no water, just a ditch that ran through the labor camp. And it was a breeding ground for diseases. Two labor leaders, Blackie Ford and Gus Sir, who are connected to the IWW, the International Workers of the World, were later convicted of murder for encouraging workers to organize. And the story is... They drew up some concerns, some demands. They agreed to keep it nonviolent. And they went to Durst and met with him, asked for a meeting, which he said he would. But in the meantime, he called the sheriff, who showed up with two deputies. Somebody opened fire. The deputies opened fire. Who knows? The officer, the officials started to shoot to kill. As so often happens in situations like these, no one is sure who opened fire first. But if the sheriff's deputies hadn't shown up and tried to arrest the IWW organizers, there would have been no problem. 1913, Wheatland, this caused the state of California to look into conditions, working conditions on the great farms, huge farms in California. And they concluded that situation for workers was very bad. They said that The employers, the growers, had to raise the wages a little bit. Really didn't have any any lasting effect because it's such a hard industry to legislate and to organize in. 1913, Wheatland. There's a date of the air traffic controllers in 1981 who went on strike. The strike was broken by President Reagan, who didn't seem to care about safety of passengers. And uh, a lot of the union people had to come back uh, under negative conditions. Finally, we, as we noticed, 
labor activist and songwriter Florence Reese died in 1986 on this date. She'd been active in Harlan County, Kentucky coal strikes and penned the famed labor song, Which Side Are You On? The song was written in 1931 on an old wall calendar while Sheriff J.H. Blair, who she mentions in the song, was searching for her husband and ransacking her home. Blair had led his gang of thugs on a violent rampage, beating and murdering union leaders. Okay, let's look at our labor beat now. Thailand police lay down their weapons, join protesters to fight the power. There are some caveats here. It's not clear from the reports what the police and the and the the demonstrators want. This is an amazing moment when police officers who were tasked to block and fight protesters decided to lay down their weapons, declare a truce, and join forces to fight the power. It may sound unbelievable to some, but yes, this really happened recently in Thailand. As you can see in the images below, we're on the uh, Elite Readers website. Cops laid down their helmets and barricades on the ground as a symbol of peace and unity with the protesters. Members from the two groups can be seen embracing each other, and tears of joy were even said. In a report Posted by the True Activist website, we learned that the gathering protesters explained that their goal was to destroy the political machine of former Prime Minister Thaksin Shinwatra, who was accused of widespread corruption and abuse of power. The leader of the protests against the Shinatro government planned to storm the Bangkok Metropolitan Police Bureau along with his group. Much to their surprise, the authorities did not attempt to disperse them, but instead presented willingness to join their cause. Okay, check that out, because there is a caveat. Um, one of the commentaries says that this government is less corrupt than the people they want to put into power. So, have to make sure about that one. Sarah Nelson. Sarah Nelson, in her own words, Sarah Nelson, the head of the the um, hospitality workers. Let me make sure that's right. 
Association of Flight Attendants, Sarah Nelson, gave a speech to the Chicago Democratic Socialists. Our union, the Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, with 50,000 members at 20 airlines, first formed a beat-back discrimination that ranged from quitting at age 30 or stepping on a weight scale until 1993. We fought for men to have the same rights as women on the job, and we were in the forefront of LGBTQ rights. The spirit is what led flight attendants to declare we wouldn't work flights that facilitated the Trump administration's evil policy of immigrant family separations. We took a firm stand during the government shutdown when millions of people were out of work. Others were forced to work without pay. All of us were increasingly unsafe and our entire economy was on the line. And at that time, just my note, Sarah Nelson called for a general strike. Federal workers had been locked out. She said, well, since we're being locked out, Let's all go on strike. Some ignorant political hacker, media purveyor of hate is talking trash talk right now about democratic socialists. And here's what I have to say. Helen Keller was a democratic socialist and so was Albert Einstein and so was George Orwell and Bayard Rustin and the Ruthers. When Nazi troops came to the Warsaw Ghetto to kill the last Jews left, the men and women on the rooftops who met them with gas bombs were democratic socialists. And democratic socialists stood up against dictatorship throughout the 20th century. They filled Stalin's camps and Siberian graves. The minimum wage, national health care, worker safety, social security, before the Great Society and before the New Deal was on the democratic socialist agenda. And of course, our democratic socialist working heroes, Eugene Victor Debs, A. Philip Randolph, and Lucy Gonzalez Parsons. They called Lucy Parsons more dangerous than a thousand rioters because of her skills as an orator, organizer, and rabble-rouser. Okay, so read what Sarah Nelson has to say. She's one of the most militant and best-loved labor leaders in the country. Best-loved, renowned. And let's not forget about Ginger, okay? The first general strike in Canadian history was held in Vancouver, August 2nd, 1918, organized as a one-day political protest against the killing of draft evader and labor activist Albert Ginger Goodwin, who called for a general strike in the event that any worker was drafted against his will.
this day in labor history. La pura neta, I said this one, the, the comment of labor and love is la pura neta. This is how it goes. Bishop Talbert Swan, if, if one white woman accused me of rape, my career would be over. But a white man accused of assault by 22 women being able to run for a second term as president with half the country still supporting him? That's all you need to know about racism, white male patriarchy, and white supremacy. And here's Joan Baez's take on it. Her song, Nasty Man. Let's see if we got it. By Joan Baez. Thank you. 
Joan Baez there with her uh, little comment on Mr. Trump. Um, she hasn't written songs for quite a while and just recently went on her uh, farewell tour. I think she's on it right now. So what what the people at the border are saying to us is, Yo soy tu hermano, yo soy tu hermana. I am your brother, I'm your sister. How can you do this to me? In the name of decency, just in the name of human decency, how can you do this to me? Conjunto de... Quiero 
noches son muy desgraciados Y la alegría se burla de mí Yo soy tu hermana, yo soy chicana Dame tu mano, vamos a volar Finally celebrating the birthday last week of Carlos Santana. Oye, como va? This is the B signing off. Labor and Love Radio, where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the roof. Hi, Solina. Here's Tavita. Nyaman, thanks for your help in getting that car. Tuesday nights, tune in to my brother Charlie's show on KWMR in Marin. Musical Verite. Um, all songs, music from Charlie's collection.
friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
Hey, me and Nearest Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up a excellent mix of jazz latin gospel hip-hop and traditional folk ballads great stuff check it out labor and love is every saturday 10 a.m to 12 p.m serve somebody subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over san francisco and the bay area Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Fender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. Radio. 
Yeah.